that hath come from the earth, or a phantom of night that hath no heart, or one that lieth dead in the desert, or a ghost unburied, or a demon, or a ghoul, whatever thou be until thou art removed, thou shalt find here no water to drink, thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own, into our house enter thou not, through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelles. I'm Dan. Hello, Dan. I'm the Crystal Queen. Hello, Crystal Queen. You were singing your little Crystal Queen song. Well, yeah, we were trying to figure out which melody would be best for Crystal Queen. Is it... A, ABBA's Dancing Queen, mm-hmm. or B, Billy Ocean's Caribbean Queen, which also might be known as Caribbean Queen, because no one no one really knows what he's saying. Caribbean Queen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, we're taking submissions. <laughs> so yeah, so happy belated Valentine's Day. But happy early Valentine's happy Day. Early, or happy early Valentine's Day as we record this, happy belated as you hear this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I hope you had... I hope, hope you had all the things. All the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Chocolate, what we say? Chocolate, sex, flowers? Chocolate, flowers, and sex. Just a reminder to have chocolate, sex, and flowers. Just a reminder to have chocolate, sex. Just have chocolate, sex. Just have flower, sex. Have mm. chocolate, flowers. Have just, just a reminder That's to what eat, I was trying to say. To, to eat chocolate, flowers. <laughs> uh, a couple of very quick announcements. And then a lot of horror for you. I'm looking forward to these stories today. Don't call me names. Mm. Uh, first got a new vintage Halloween decoration inspired tea in the Bad Magic store this week uh, Grim Reaper tea almost reminds me of an old WWF uh, wrestling tea kind of the, the layout design so you can check it out you can grab one at badmagicmerch.com the best horror merch out there I'm biased also if you want to see a very different side of me uh, than you see here my Symphony of Insanity stand up tour uh, back and running you can go to dancummins.tv for ticket links to shows in Orlando, Charlotte, Oklahoma City, Atlanta, Missoula, Tempe, Raleigh, Chicago, Salt Lake City, and Davenport this spring. And mostly people want to know when I'm going to be there. And you will be at some of those dates. I will be at some of those dates. We don't, we don't, we don't tell you. It's like a surprise. <laughs> uh, this month's charity, again, is uh, SEO Sponsors for Educational Opportunity. SEO's mission is to create a more equitable society by closing the opportunity gap for young people from historically excluded communities. SEO annually serves 6,000-plus people across America through its various programs. SEO Scholars, an eight-year academic program that gets public high school students to and through college with a 90% graduation rate, and they have a lot more programs. And you can go to S or I'm sorry, you can go to uh, SEO-USA.org for more info. And we'll share uh, how much we're donating next week. Bit of a transitional period with charity as we'll also be giving monthly to our new scholarship fund mm-hmm. that Lindsay is spearheading the creation of. And hopefully we'll have a name of that this next week, too. I know. Well, we're debating. Should we yeah. take a vote on that, too? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tricky thing. And now for the stories. Um, I have my standard two tales this week. What about you, Lulu? Oh, my God. Me, too. Oh, my God. We oh had two no stories. Way. What are the odds? Uh, <laughs> who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Do you want me to tell my previous first or yours? Mm, you could go first. Sure. Okay. Uh, my first story... Kind of a haunted doll story. It's uh, it's set in a cute little part of Poughkeepsie, New York, New Hamburg. Uh, the story of the Lawson House. Did two local tragedies create a haunting? And did that haunting then manifest itself, for a time at least, in some doll-like objects I don't want to reveal until I tell the story? Okay. And then next we'll go to Argentina. Did an old feud of some sort between two cousins, two practitioners of a form of witchcraft, possibly practitioners of Macumba or Quimbanda, uh, possibly lead to death and to a brief but intense haunting. 
the spirit world very much believed to be alive in these two religions in parts of South America, similar to voodoo and Santeria in the sense that they were born in Africa, then mixed with Catholicism. And the belief is uh, strong in uh, magic, you know, curses, speaking with the dead, etc. in these faiths. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that how you went on a Uruguay yes. deep dive? That's how I got there by looking into Argentina first and trying to figure out, trying to get my head around this uh, Macumba and Quimbanda. Dan came home and was like, oh my God. So do you know like Uruguay is so beautiful and it's metropolitan and there's this. It's like, what is going on? Are you doing some topic on Uruguay? No. I and just, is it Uruguay or Uruguay? I can never remember. Uruguay, is it Uruguay? Uruguay? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I didn't look up the pronunciation. Oh, is this the new Appalachia? Is it the new tomato Appalachia? tomato? Mm-hmm. Appalachia? Appalachia. <laughs> you get it. Uh, well, I also have two stories, which again, I know is very, very shocking. Uh, my first story I am into, it's a former service member, a veteran. And not only is this person super skeptical, which mm-hmm. makes it an m- even more interesting tale, but then th- uh, he and their family like fight back against it. And they win, which I kind of love because it's so rare that we have that kind of tale. Yeah, yeah. And then for the second half, I I will give you one guess where we're going. Um, Just one guess. Uruguay. Where do I love to go? New Orleans. Ohio. That's right. And I just love like people get there like enough with the Ohio stories. Like, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What does it matter where the story takes place? (laughs) (sighs) Um, But yeah, so a a young couple is living in this apartment like behind behind and above a bar. Mm -hmm. And late at night when the bar is closed, they hear things and they go on a little ghost hunting tour. And it's just kind of fascinating the way that they don't see anything in the moment of the ghost hunt. But upon further investigation and reviewing the material afterwards, it's like, oh, my God. Okay, that's that's cool. Mm -hmm, Yeah, Mm because you just like I just like that because if you were in a ghost hunt or like on a ghost hunt, you're like, oh, I want to hear something right now. That's what you would say. Mm -hmm, I would say, like, mm -hmm. please, like, don't please don't let us hear anything right now. So I would love to review the footage and be like, I'm so glad I didn't hear that while we were on the ghost hunt. Okay, all right. You'd be disappointed. I'd be happy. That, yeah, and that is that is a uh, creepy in its own way. Very creepy, like to to find out later that those things were around you. Oh yeah, today I got a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you cannot hear anything, literally nothing, but the uh, transcription says hello, 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 hello. Look at that. That's what's oh, written out. Oh, like, that's creepy. Why? Creepy spam. I know. I don't mm. like it. So ever since we talked about Annalise Michelle, things have been a little uncomfortable. Uh, you uh, you ready now for uh, a little baby horror story? Uh, yeah. And it's not, it's not a baby in terms of being about a baby as you get your socks out. Uh, not a horror story for babies because that's okay. not uh, scary. No, these, just, are, these are my Valentine's Day socks. I think those Jody, are cute? Yeah, they're little baby socks. And they have <laughs> hearts and X's and O's. I don't know if you can really yeah. tell that, but uh-huh. they're so cute. They are very cute. Okay. Yeah, no, this is just not a very long story. Um, plenty of time to settle into it, too. Uh, we've covered plenty of haunted house stories here on Scared to Death. They're some of my favorites. Haunted houses, haunted hotels, not sure uh, about the creeps and peepers who listen, but I could truly tell those stories every week and never get tired of them. Love the, 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 those settings. Uh, we told many stories of ghostly spectral inhabitants, shadowy figures at the foot of a bed, coming down a hallway, disembodied voices, unexplained footsteps, uh, spooky things that are hard to explain that may or may not exist, things you can't touch, things you can often only catch the briefest glimpse of, if you can even see them at all. Spooks like these leave most wondering if their mind was playing tricks on them. Was that uh, something they actually saw? Was it real or just a figment of their imagination? More rare are the stories of entities that take on a tangible physical form, like a haunted doll. 
You know, what would be scarier, encountering an entity with some ethereal shape that can't be touched, such as a shadow person, or encountering an entity that can be touched, and thus one that can also touch you, like a doll? Don't touch me. If you think the doll would be less scary, is it because of its size? Does it seem less dangerous because it's not very big? What about a much bigger doll, then? One human-sized. We've covered just a couple of stories where this has come up. What if you were to encounter several human-sized dolls, dolls that looked human, like mannequins, mannequins that seemed alive somehow, possessed? That's the focus of my first story here today. Time now for the tale of the Lawson House. Located around 80 miles north of New York City, the Lawson House was built over 150 years ago in the quaint neighborhood of New Hamburg a census-designated place inside the city limits of Poughkeepsie that was once its own proper town. The Lawson family had deep roots in the town of New Hamburg in the 19th century when it became a busy river port in the mid-1800s as the entire Hudson River Valley area boomed with economic activity. Wealthy New York citizens uh, had begun moving up north along the river to build their summer homes, bolstering local businesses. John Lawson, a descendant of one of the region's first colonial families, built a lovely home in New Hamburg's Main Street Historic District in 1845. One of the town's oldest remaining residences today, the home was described as a center hall house with center cross gable, bracketed cornice, corbelled chimneys, and arched top windows in its nomination to the National Register of Historic Places in 1987. Shortly after the construction of the John Lawson House, the New Hamburg Railroad Station opened nearby, and about 20 years later, it would be the site of a tragic accident. And now some think that part of the darkness they believe surrounds the Lawson House comes directly from this accident. During the cold winter evening of February 6, 1871, a 25-car freight train carrying oil was traveling from the Albany area southbound towards New Hamburg on the Hudson River Railroad line. Meanwhile, another train carrying passengers had departed New York City northbound for Albany. After the freight train passed through a tunnel near New Hamburg, a station switchman noticed a broken axle, causing sparks to fly out under an oil car in the middle of the train. Eventually, the axle disengaged, resulting in the car derailing and flipping over onto the northbound track as that passenger train from New York City approached. The freight train's engineer, thinking fast, managed to stop his train, then ran across the tracks with the flagman, holding red lights to warn the passenger train to also stop, but they wouldn't get the message in time. The passenger train's engineer saw the warning lights and it was clear to witnesses he attempted to stop, but big trains carrying a lot of weight, they just create too much momentum to quickly come to a halt, and he ultimately couldn't slow down quickly enough. The passenger train slammed into the damaged tank car containing thousands of gallons of oil and a fiery explosion engulfed the train in flames. Survivors were later pulled from the wreckage, but a total of 22 people burned to death and they all died about 200 feet away from the John Lawson house. And then more tragedy would follow six years later, more flames. A major fire ignited in the village by the riverside around 9 p.m. May 3, 1877, destroying seven structures directly surrounding the John Lawson house. One eyewitness interviewed by a local news reporter said, Frank Luster, a resident, tried in vain to stamp out the fire which had been spread to the store. The kerosene room caught fire. Suddenly there was a violent explosion. Uncontrollable flames raced through the building. A general alarm was sounded. The townspeople brought buckets of water to douse the flames, but the fire only spread further. A rider was sent on horseback to fetch the fire department in the nearby village of Wappingers Falls, two miles away, and while they rode, the fire chewed up one structure after another, leaving only the bones of many now charred out buildings behind. No one ever figured out how the fire started, but a lot of people did find it odd that while just about every building around it burned down to almost nothing, the John Lawson house survived the blaze unscathed. 
then many years later, after whispers that the John Lawson house had begun had been haunted ever since that fire, the mannequins started appearing. No one seems to remember when they first showed up. Somewhere around 20 or 30 years ago, when the mannequins first appeared on the John Lawson house's front porch, no one seemed to know who even owned the home or if anyone lived there. Life-size doll-like figures were not only witnessed, they were rumored to change positions throughout the day, and they always seemed to be facing the direction of the 1871 train accident. Then a scarier rumor began to spread that the mannequins were possessed by the spirits of the dead, particularly those who died in either that 1871 train accident or in the 1877 fire. To make matters eerier, they would appear wearing vintage-style clothing with accessories such as hats and long white gloves. Sometimes they were posed holding certain items, including books and an empty birdcage. A few locals reportedly put the property under surveillance, and they never saw anyone coming and going or changing the mannequins' positions. But their positions changed anyways. And even if somebody was doing this, why were they doing it? Why would someone go through all the trouble of that in the first place? Day after day, week after week, month after month. Despite knowing that it was seemingly impossible, some people still wondered, were the mannequins moving all on their own? And somehow, even though the mannequins didn't have much in the way of facial features, people also reported seeing the mannequins' expressions change. Their eyes would suddenly change direction, as though they were looking around, or as though they were watching you walk or drive by. Some people even swore they saw tears running down some of their cheeks. For years, people in the area speculated and tried to figure out what was going on at the John Lawson house. And while they wondered, the mannequins kept moving. They kept staring at passerbys with their cold, dead eyes. Finally, one day in 2016, the mannequins at 9A Main Street simply disappeared. What? And they haven't been seen since. To this day, no one seems to know for sure why the mannequins ever showed up in the first place, why their appearances would change, or if they will ever return to haunt the John Lawson House of New Hamburg, New York. That is so weird. It's just a weird story. It is very creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have pictures. Oh, boy. Okay. So we'll start with the recent photo of the John Lawson house after the mannequins left. It's a very normal looking house yep. now. That's exactly what I pictured when you were describing it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I know my architectural terms. You do. Uh, some of the mannequins, uh, once uh, seen on the porch, here's it, are in this next picture. What? <laughs> uh, here's just a different photo of mannequins on the porch. I think this one's Did a little closer have, up. like nylons and shoes? Like. Mm hmm. And how long did this go on for? Years and years. Uh, there's no specific because no one remembers exactly when they first showed up, but they stopped uh, showing up in 2016. Where where was Banksy? <laughs> uh, and then this is what the house looked like when the mannequins first started showing up. So this is before you know. Oh my god, that'd be so creepy. <laughs> this sort of beaten up house because I don't want to say it's dilapidated because it's actually not. Yeah, the bones are really good. It just needs a paint job and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, oh in that my photo. god. And seen that at night? No way. Yeah, definitely weirded out the neighbors. I don't know. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. A lot of work to, let's just say it was humans behind it. Right. To collect mannequins. Mannequins are not cheap. Those, yeah. And th it's not like those were like beat up old, right? I mean, they, the, the mannequins yeah. themselves look like they were in pretty good shape. Right. So you're purchasing mannequins. You're dressing them, which is no small feat. It's a real pain in the butt. <laughs> You're putting nylons on them, shoes, wigs, props. Yeah. And then you're moving them? Mm-hmm. The only way I would really feel like it was 
human force behind it is if the house was for sale, like like if somebody, mm. if a couple owned it and there was a divorce or yeah. somebody wanted it and they didn't want this person to get it, like some kind of turmoil around the sale of the house or the purchase of the house or who owns it, like mm-hmm. some sort of weird vendetta against the people who live there, but no one was living there at the time? Uh, I don't know that for certain. That okay. was that was a speculation. Okay. There's a variety of rumors. You know, I didn't look into property records. Sure. But um, yeah, some think that uh, there was like a theater owner who lived there, and maybe they were doing it. <laughs> but then there's other places people who say that they never saw it. Like there was comments from locals under some of the articles. Yes. Uh, speculating all kinds of different things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think we should put mannequins in our front yard. <laughs> it is so creepy. So very creepy, but we could mm-hmm. we could do it. We could have it in the treehouse. There could be tr- mannequins oh that just show up God. on that little porch of the treehouse and looking out the treehouse windows. The the problem with that uh-huh. is that one of us is going to forget that we've done that, and okay. it's likely me. <laughs> and I'll be home alone, and I will lose my mind. I will be on the phone with the police <laughs> that there is someone. <laughs> in our, uh, excuse me, officer, could you please come to blah, 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 one, two, three, four Main Street? Uh, yeah. There's a person in my tree fort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, ma'am, what? Yeek. Uh, but since we don't really care for our neighbors behind us, once again. Ooh, yeah, we could just have one of the mm. uh, mannequins looking out because the, there's a window facing them. I know. So we just put a little mannequin face, like, so when they're out in their yard, oh there's a little face in the window looking down at them. Oh, I like, be- I'm, I'm into that. That'd be so fun. That would then, be fun. But then I think we also have to tell our neighbors on the one side of us that have kids in case they see it. I don't want to freak out their kids. Mm-hmm. No yeah. way. No okay. way. I like those neighbors. One. Yeah. Two. They have three small children. And that's a lot of lost sleep for mom and dad. That's, that's fair. <laughs> so, so I you know, but oh man, Joe has a good house that we could put mannequins in like in his yard. What do you think, Joe? I'm down. <gasps> Why not? So Little fun. heads peeking over that fence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Staring at the street. Oh, and that's a busy, like, there's enough traffic over there. Yeah. Get yeah. Ezra to build little motors that'll make the heads go up and down. Perfect. <laughs> and look left and right. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love it so much. I would love it so much. Oh, what a weird thing. Mm-hmm, super weird. And the Lawson family, okay, and this is so random, but, like, yeah. so usually they have, like, you know, a lot of money in those days. Like, what was, hit, like, you know, to, like, have that kind of house? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do we know? He's, yeah. Well, in my mind, I decided that they, you know, like, um... We have a hat from your grandpa Ward that was like a camo hat with like the fluffy ears, and it has it says Lawson on it, like some sort of logo. I think it's some sort of oh, I, I did construction not. thing or mm, I don't know, I don't know, but that's what I decided. So in my mind, this guy was like some construction dude. Okay, had a whole backstory <laughs> yeah, for John yeah. Lawson. I I don't know. Yeah, well, what did, I don't even know what he was into. Uh, do you want to trade images of haunted mannequins for visions of black magic and angry spirits? I don't know which is more terrifying. <laughs> Creepy mannequins or the unknown. Before we move into my second story, we need to take a quick in-between story sponsor break. Thanks for listening to the show so that we can have these sponsors. And we're back, creeps and peepers. No setup for this one. Uh, just going to jump right in. So are you ready? I'm, I was born ready. Okay. Just going to tell the tale as the person claiming it happened has posted it. Time now for the tale of Camilla's curse. I live in Piranha, a small city in Argentina where the story I will share took place. Small enough that I don't want to share my name due to the chance that someone might hear of it and know me. I don't want them to think I'm crazy. Or to ask me questions about it. That might be worse. Where I come from, superstition is common. But mostly in the older generations. Like most of my friends growing up, I used to find it all embarrassing. My mother and grandmother would talk of hauntings, witches, black and white magic. 
or of devotion to Argentinian saints such as uh, are often associated with the occult here, such as El Gachito Gil, a once real life figure who is Argentina's Robin Hood of a sort, a folk saint. My grandmother would often uh, or would once make offerings to Saint Gachito for help with money, health, good fortune, all kinds of things. And then there was San La Muerte, Saint Death. The real life Gachito Gil was, according to my mother, a patron of this saint, and so was my grandmother. She would make offerings to the saint for protection from all sorts of things. Protection from an unnatural death, protection from curses, witchcraft. And I think she believed that certain rituals and offerings made to the saint could also bring people harm. Maybe death. I wonder how much she dabbled in the dark side of all this. I never used to make any offerings to these saints or any others myself. Maybe I should have. I do now. I used to be certain that all of this was nonsense. Fairy tales and spooky stories to scare children, but nothing more. Now I'm not sure. Now I'm certain something else is out there. I've seen it. I still don't know what it all means in the grand scheme of things, but I know we are not alone. For me, my journey from hardcore skeptic to paranormal believer and someone who is now afraid certain forces of certain forces that walk amongst us, it began not long after my grandmother's cousin, Camila, came to stay with us when I was 19. My grandmother never got along very well with Camila, but now Camila was in a bad way. She had never married. She had lived alone for most of her long life, had hurt her back, and had left her without a job for many years, put her into debt, and she was never able to climb out of that debt once she was healthy again. She'd lost her last job almost a year earlier, and she was worried about getting evicted from her apartment. And when my grandfather got very sick, my grandmother needed help to care for him, and she couldn't afford a full-time nurse. She was still working. So was everyone else she loved who would have been able to help Grandpa, including me. So she ended up swallowing her pride and reaching out to Camilla thinking that maybe they could help each other and perhaps move past whatever had happened between them so many years earlier. Camila agreed, moved in with my grandparents in order to help take care of my grandfather. I wonder now, looking back, if she was overjoyed at the opportunity to be invited into my grandmother's home to do what, she, to do what I think she did. This is where everything seemed to go wrong. Whatever had been bothering them for many years, it didn't just go away when she moved in. It was clear that they still hated each other. The situation was not ideal. Making things worse, the space Camilla shared with my grandparents was small, very small, for people who hated each other. The house they lived in was just one-third of the much bigger house that my grandparents used to live in. After the children had all left home, when money was tight one year, they divided their house into three units. My grandparents lived in one, rented out the other units to strangers for a while. But then some of their kids had money troubles too, and so they helped them out. They were such good people. Soon my aunt and her family lived in one unit, and then not long after, my mother and I lived in the third unit. My father used to live with us as well, but he passed away several years before all this took place, a heart attack at work. The part we lived in used to be a garden, a patio, and a little room where my grandparents stored things. And before they stored things in that room, and I didn't know this until after all of this started happening, my grandmother used to practice her brujeria, brujeria there, her witchcraft. Back before she became a Christian, after my grandpa uh, converted her. My mother said that, that for a while, my grandmother practiced something called Makumba, or Kumbanda. I didn't know much about this stuff. It's all very secretive. It's kind of like voodoo. Lots of secret rituals. Lots of dealing with spirits of death. Sometimes evil spirits. What I do know about, grandma would do things like read tarot cards and do fortune telling for people. She would also try and make contact with the other side. Uh, with the dead. Supposedly, she did make contact with the dead many times. One way she'd do this was to play El Juego de la Copa, the cup game. To play this game, you need a piece of cardboard or a large piece of paper, 
a marker or a pen, and of course a cup. You write on the cardboard or sheet all the letters of the alphabet, the numbers from 0 to 9, and the words yes, no, and goodbye. It's a Ouija board that you build yourself. Instead of a planchette, each person playing the cup game, you're never supposed to play it alone, puts an index finger on the cup, which you place upside down on the paper or the cardboard. You ask whatever spirit you're trying to contact questions, and if they answer, they do so by moving the cup to the appropriate letter or word. My grandmother swore she contacted many spirits this way, not all of them friendly. The room she did all of this in, that room had been converted into two bedrooms. One was now my mother's, and the other was mine. Going back now to when my grandfather was dying, my grandmother's cousin Camilla wasn't much of a nurse. Right after she came to stay with my grandmother, my grandfather's health condition deteriorated rapidly, and I thought she had something to do with it. I think she had everything to do with it now. My mother and grandmother were also convinced she did. Days after my grandfather died, my uncle said he found a work of Buharia under the bed he died in. A small statue of St. Expeditus was found with its head cut off. The carcass of a black toad was found with its mouth sewn shut. Ugh. Inside its mouth was some of my grandfather's hair, a small piece of paper with his name written on it. The paper looked like it had blood on it, too. And there were other strange little items, a picture of my grandfather, the ashes of something that had been burnt. My uncle told me somebody placed a death curse on him. He wondered if it was Camilla. Camilla did act strangely after his death. She didn't seem to grieve. She seemed happy. And she and my grandmother, now they hated each other more than ever. Camilla and my grandmother got into a loud fight one night right around when my uncle told me all this. My mother and I could hear them yelling through the walls, but couldn't make out all the words. My mom heard enough uh, to become convinced, though, that the fight had something to do with my grandfather's death. And it was about what was found under his bed. And that it also had to do with whatever happened between the two of them many years earlier, something involving witchcraft. One thing I did make out was my grandma saying, you'll die for this. Camilla was moved out by the time we awoke the next morning. She went to stay with other relatives. And then just a few weeks later, Camilla did die. She died in her sleep, just like my grandfather had. I asked my uncle if anything was found under her bed as well, and he said yes. And a devoted Catholic man, he made the sign of the cross above his chest when he said that, and a lot of the blood seemed to leave his face. He looked scared. Just days after Camilla died, that's when things started to get very strange and scary around our house. It started with me waking up in the middle of the night to the slamming of my bedroom door. It was so loud it startled me into popping up and sitting bolt upright on my bed. I found myself now facing the door, and right before my eyes, I watched the door slowly open, which means someone or something had to first turn the door handle. And then it didn't just swing open like a breeze had caught it. It slowly opened, deliberately, like someone on the other side of the door was holding the handle. And then it stopped abruptly before slamming again. Again, like someone was doing it. I felt scared while I watched this. I knew right away that I, what I was seeing was not natural. I sat in bed, still as a statue, staring at this door. And then it started to swing back and forth, just barely, slowly. It would open a few inches wider, then move a few inches towards closing, over and over, back and forth. I just sat there in the dark, not making a sound, not moving a muscle, and then BAM! It slammed so hard I thought it was going to shatter. I screamed. A cross on the wall I'd had since I was a kid was knocked to the ground, and then it felt like a cool breeze passed through the room through me, and my skin broke out in goosebumps. And then it was all over. My mother, the slamming door, and my scream had woken her. She ran into my room a moment later to ask what had happened. When I told her, she looked as scared as I felt. She muttered a small prayer while she clutched the cross necklace she always wore. 
She said it must have just been the wind, but she didn't believe that and neither did I. But it still felt good to hear it. We both wanted to believe it. Then she came over to me, kissed the top of my head, told me to go back to bed, and then went to bed herself. Nothing else happened that night that I know of, but neither one of us went back to sleep, I don't think. The next day, we both went to work in the morning, and we had dinner with Grandma that night. When she said she'd heard some commotion the night before, I told her what had happened, and she looked concerned, very concerned. But she didn't say anything. Just shook her head from side to side a bit and fell silent. Nothing else happened that night or the next night. I was starting to think I might have truly, it might have truly been just some random breeze I felt, or at least an isolated incident. But then the next night, I had terrible dreams. I can't remember what they were even about. I just remember feeling afraid, scared I was going to die, and waking up terrified. And when I woke up, I heard whispering. It was coming from towards the door. When I looked in that direction, just for a second, I could have sworn I saw a dark, shadowy human shape crouch down on the floor. Oh. But it disappeared quickly. And I would have thought it was nothing more than my imagination, but then the cross that had fallen to the floor a few nights before, a crucifixion cross with Jesus hanging upon it, suddenly flew off the wall, landing on the floor. It didn't fly completely across the room or anything, but it did fall too far from the wall, just enough where it didn't make sense. Nothing truly just falling would land three or four feet away like that. It's not possible. This scared me, but I didn't scream. I sat up in bed again, waiting for something else to happen. For a few moments, I now felt a presence in the room with me. The distinct feeling of not being alone. But then that feeling went away. So I got up, put the cross back on the wall, and it would stay there the rest of the night. I didn't wake my mom up. I thought about it, but I didn't want to scare her. And then after an hour or so of laying there waiting for something terrible to happen, something more terrifying, I felt uh, fell back asleep. I was a little rattled the next day, but I didn't tell anyone about it. I just hoped, like the door opening and slamming on its own a few nights earlier, that it wouldn't happen again. I tried to tell myself it could still be explained somehow. But then the following night, something happened that could not be explained. After another dinner with my mother and grandma, one where my grandmother asked me if anything had happened the night before and I lied and said no and was convinced she knew I was lying, I watched a show on my computer in my room before I fell asleep. I usually watched horror, but I was too scared went with a comedy. My room felt odd that night. I don't know how else to explain it. The air just felt different. And I got that feeling that I wasn't alone again. I wondered if I was just still bothered by the slamming door, the cross coming off the wall. I laid down, pulled the blankets up tight around my chin, forced my eyes shut even though part of me wanted to look around my room for something that might be watching me, and soon I'd fallen asleep. And then the cross popped off the wall again and woke me up. For a third time now, I was sitting up in bed in the dark staring towards the door. And then I could just barely see it at first. I watched the crucifix start to, to vibrate. Very subtle at first, then it started to shake harder and harder, and then the door to my room violently swung open, but again, despite opening so quickly, it stopped before it knocked into the wall, like someone was holding onto the door handle. I was so startled, I didn't even scream, I was frozen again, a silent statue, my eyes opened as wide as they could be, and then the shaking crucifix shot out of my room, past the open door, sliding down the hallway at such a fast speed, I lost sight of it in the darkness, then heard it slam into something in the kitchen. Still, I was silent, still frozen. Bam! The door slammed back shut, and now I screamed. And as I screamed, the coldest wave of air washed over me. And when it did, I now saw the shadowy figure of a person standing between my bed and the door. I knew this was the person who had been watching me. And then I heard them laugh, a horrible laugh, and a familiar one. Just before this spirit vanished, clear as day, I saw that it had Camilla's face. And I screamed louder. I screamed loud enough to wake up not just my mother, but my grandmother. Soon they were both in my room, and I was telling them everything. 
My grandmother now asked my mother for something large to write on. My mom found a large box, flattened it. My grandmother had her write all the letters of oh the alphabet, God. the numbers zero to nine, the words yes, no, goodbye. Soon, grandmother came back with leaves, crystals, what looked like fingernail clippings, a tooth, all sorts of strange stuff. She clearly remembered her old ways before she left her brujeria behind for my grandfather. She had a cup as well, and she and my mother sat down and played the cup game in front of me. Who are you that terrorizes my granddaughter? My grandmother demanded of the air around her. And then she spoke in some language I'd never heard before. And when she did this, the cup moved. It spelled out Camilla. What do you want from her? My grandmother again demanded. And the cup spelled death and started to spell it again. Now my room got very, very cold. At this point, my mother cried out and removed her finger from the cup like it had badly shocked her. And she had what looked like some sort of seizure. Her body started to convulse. Instead of helping her, my grandmother began to arrange the items she brought in a very specific way around a small statue of San Lamoreta, Saint Death. I watched, paralyzed with fear. Grandmother chanted in some language I didn't know again. While she chanted, I now heard loud footsteps, stomps coming towards us from down the hall. A dark, shadowy figure stood just outside my room. Now my mother stopped convulsing and sat up and got face to face with my grandmother, but her face didn't look like my mother's. And she spoke in Camilla's voice. She screamed in Spanish, I'll take everyone from you, you witch! My grandmother barely reacted. She just kept chanting louder and louder. She lit some candles she brought and placed them next to other items she brought. She used one of the burning candles to light dried leaves and herbs, put them on fire and placed them in the bowl. She used a knife to draw blood from her wrist, bled into the fire, still chanting louder and louder. And then my mother collapsed and I heard the shadow in the hall scream. It felt like some kind of bomb went off. A blast of energy knocked me back, knocked shelves off the wall, cracked my window. Soon my aunt and uncle were running over from their unit on the other side of my grandmother's unit. My mom became herself again, and now my grandmother just said, Now she stays forever in the land of the dead. And then grandma looked at me and told me I would be safe, and that it was all over. And she looked exhausted. She was sweaty. She said she needed to lie down. My grandmother and I then helped her to her bed. We offered to stay the night with her, but she told us she didn't need us to do that. When my mother insisted, she grabbed my mom's arm and said so firmly, staring straight into her eyes, No, go home. You must go home. Reluctantly, we did. We both slept in the same bed that night, like back when I was a little girl. And by the time we woke up the next morning, my grandmother was dead. Like her husband, like Camilla, she had died in her sleep. And that was six months ago. Nothing has happened since. I still don't know what she was chanting. My mother says she doesn't either, but I don't believe her. Every day since that night, my mother has left an offering in front of the little statue of San Lamuerta my grandma brought over that night. And most days, I do as well. The saint now stands guard in a little altar area in the living room, along with the figures of Gachito Gil and the other saints. My mom has maybe promised to never move or disrespect them, and I won't. I don't know what I believe in anymore, but I do believe in something. I know that whatever my grandmother said she uh, had something to do with these saints, my mom makes these offerings to, and that one of them must have somehow saved us from Camilla's spirit. I wish I didn't believe in all of this, or that I would have had at least experienced the other side in a different way. I think my grandmother saved my life that night. I believe she sacrificed her own life to end some kind of blood curse. I haven't told any of my friends about any of this. I know they wouldn't understand. My friends may still think that magic and saints and spirits and such that the older generation still believe in is nothing more than superstition, but I don't. I don't know exactly what it all is, but I will forever believe now that some of the old beliefs are very real and very dangerous. Ay, yay, yay. That was great. <laughs> Yeek. Terrifying. I had never heard of the Ouija board used in like a, the same, used the same way, but called yeah. a different thing. 
I hadn't either. I had not the heard of the uh, the El yeah how, the cup game. I can't remember his El Hueco. I have to look it up again. What was the cup game? Yeah, but the cup game. Yeah, just Spanish for the cup game. But um, I do have pictures, and I found pictures uh, a picture of these like okay build your own kind of Ouija board online. Okay, uh, but the first one is um, this is just you know uh, Parana. This is a picture of the cathedral of Parana. So that's a town in Argentina. It's so pretty. It so looked, pretty. It reminds me of that church uh, around like the center square in Peru in Lima, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these old Catholic mm-hmm. churches down there are beautiful. Yeah. Um, this next one's a little Gachito Gill figurine. I love his name, Gachito Gill. Mm-hmm. There's lots of uh, pictures. Is he of, of the guy on the left? On He's the, cross? the guy on the left. He's like the Robin Hood figure, and then the guy on the right. Well, that yeah, one of them, the closest one. That's uh, um, San Lamuerte. That's Saint Death. The what's his name? Gill. Our buddy Gill. Gil. Yeah. What's he holding in his hands? Do you know? I don't know. I can't tell. Like from here, I mean, just a tiny little statue. It looks like some sort of offering or whatnot. Yeah, but I know. Like he's, he's holding something by its tail. He's very popular in Argentina. And then uh, we got to get some of him. <laughs> this next one's a shrine for San Lamuerta. And I guess that's what I said. I think I said altar earlier. I probably said I said shrine. Well, whatever. It's what well, they said. Shrine, Translation altar problems. are very, very, very similar. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like if I think about it in the Catholic sense, like a right. shrine and an altar. Um, yeah. Like if if I was in a shrine to Mary or any other saint, there is an altar usually inside the shrine. Yeah. So it, it's all. It just, I think it was a trans. I think the whoever posted that it wasn't um, probably English, not their first language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was some funky verbiage sometimes. Yeah. Is there uh, more? Do you have more photos? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was, um, did I just show you the shrine? Oh, yeah. Then there's uh, occult items associated with Macumba. So this is what I imagine, like something under the bed. Not necessarily this, but there's um, all kinds of like uh, interesting. It's very I do secretive. see crystals. I do see crystals. <laughs> yeah, it's very secretive and uh, hard to get details online about this. But it's you know it's kind of practiced more underground. It seems okay. So maybe it's more of something that's uh, handed down verbally. Yeah, just like uh, voodoo and like mm-hmm. Santeria. A lot of them. Um, yeah, a lot of it is like verbal and stuff. There's not like a core. There's not like a Bible equivalent. Do it. Is the reasoning behind that that like they don't want it to be appropriated by other people? Or well, it's a history. They, the syncretic it came out of uh, the you know slavery. Yeah, and so they had to hide it for so right. long. And then I don't know why just nothing of, was written on afterwards. Yeah, down. I mean, could just be tradition. Could mm-hmm. just be like I think it comes from an oral tradition, like African religions' oral tradition. So I don't think there is there was ever a core text. R- right, but I'm saying like now somebody could. And I think they do, but it's like disagreed upon. That's mm. the trouble with a lot of those is like you can find a book that's like, this is how you do it. But then somebody else will be like, no, it's not. Yeah. Because everybody learns it a little bit different way. Well, and isn't that just religion in general? Yeah, true, true. You know, that I think that you could say that across all religion. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this next one is the that cup game. This is just somebody's version where they actually cut out stuff and put it on the floor. Oh. And you see the glass kind of cup there in the middle. Okay, I just want you to know that in my in my mind, I'm such an ass. Uh-huh. Uh, when when they were when you were describing the cup game in the beginning, I don't know why, but I decided it was a solo cup, and I was like, <laughs> "How would you be able to see the letters? Are they gonna? Is Dan gonna say?" It? And then they cut off the bottom so they can. <laughs> I got weirdly obsessed with yeah, that detail. Funny. Yeah, my brain would not yeah. let it go. I'm like, how do you know what it's saying? Oh, it was making yeah, me yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. my god. Well, I definitely knew that the grandma was gonna die. After you said, oh. when you're reading the story and she, grandma went to bed that night and wouldn't let her daughter and her granddaughter stay with her. I was like, oh, she for sure, you know, made a deal with Camila. Or with some 
saint or yeah well, something. I, I think it was like oh. Camila slash kind of like take me instead and this will satisfy your blood thirst or whatever. Yeah. And like that's the end of it. But weird things like, okay, going back to the mm-hmm. grandfather, uh, the the black toad with its mouth sewn shut with like his hair mm-hmm. inside of it. That is so uber specific and disgusting. There is like... Uh, I looked a little further. I was just like, it got me curious looking yeah. around. And that black toad with the mouth sewn shut, that is like um, a, a fairly common ingredient. Oh, I don't know God. what you call oh, God. it. Like oh, God. Part, of the, part of certain rituals. Well, you know how I feel about frogs. Oh, yeah. So I like somebody having to like catch it, kill it. Put something in its mouth, sew its mouth shut. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. I was losing my mind just like holding the bile down in the back of my throat. Mm-hmm. Frogs freak me out so much. <laughs> they do, yeah. They really do. They're so unpredictable. Are they? They might jump on you, and then they're like slimy and bumpy and gross, and they might. But they're not that slimy. That makes it worse. I don't want like, I don't, uh, it's somehow like, then it has like dry, rough, bumpy skin. No. Ugh. I just hate them so much. Yeah, it's just so funny because uh, you usually love like, like love little cute little animals and I think frogs are so cute. But They're it, but, not fucking cute. But it's the one, yeah, you really don't like. No, for sure. Hardcore against them. Actually, I saw, this is so sad. I saw in the news over the weekend, you know, there was a big nor'easter that came through and, you know, pummeled the Northeast. Yeah. And it caused low temperatures to hit like all the way down into Florida. Or no, it kills some frogs. I wish it did. Um, (laughs) No, this woman like woke up to like frozen iguanas all over her yard. That's weird. Yeah, because they thaw out in the sun and the sun was like, it was so cold for their, it's like that is also a nightmare for me. Man. Did it kill them? Or they like, they somehow. Uh, I didn't really want to read the article. It was like too like, for me. Uh, Okay, but yeah. And then, okay. So then when grandma came over and they were going to do their tradition, like, I, I, this is like a double-edged sword. I sometimes think like, oh, I wish I knew more about like, okay, if I collect like your toenail clippings and like this or whatever. And like, you know, I could do all these things. But then also, I don't think I really want to know. I don't think that I don't want to like be like making witches brew. But when she was talking about all the weird things that her grandma laid out, I'm like, but maybe I should know. What if I ever need to practice this and protect us? I don't, I just might need to protect us because... Before I dive into my stories, in the January bonus episode on Patreon, we released like the first ever, our test episode that yeah. lives nowhere except like on our server. And the Annalise, the one of the topics Annalise Michelle, yeah. was Annalise Michelle and her possession and what happened there and yada, yada, yada. And ever since we did that episode, our room has been so heavy and so dark. I've been waking up in the middle of the night with these crazy cough attacks. You have. It's been, like, it's been wild where I just wake up like, last night I really thought I was dying. I like woke up, I was like, <laughs> I know, she freaked me out. Yeah, It's terrifying. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what it is. So that's scary. And mm-hmm. then our room feels dark. Like it hasn't, I, I need to cleanse the house because it hasn't felt that icky in a long time. And I won't look in our mirror at night. Like I have all of a sudden just feel really uncomfortable. Ever since we listened to that one again. Mm-hmm. So I might need some of your hair, a toad. <laughs> I don't know. Don't accidentally uh, kill me or something. Don't give me some weird death curse that you don't even know about. Uh, true. That's what I'm saying. Like, should I educate myself on it or should I just like wing it? <laughs> ah, wing it. Wing it. Let's, let's see. Let's see. What's, the worst, what's the worst that could happen? When are you going to cut your toenails? 
<laughs> I just had him cut yesterday. Oh, shoot. I just had him cut yesterday. What are you, 90? I can't reach my toenails. I have to go to the toe clinic well, and get my I, toenails cut. I do go to the, the pedicure place now for my toes because it's uh, I'm t- I was, after so many years of mangling my own toes. And, I know. Well, specifically having... that one. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's let somebody, let's let a professional handle it. Now, Kyler's got a bad toe. I know. This is pretty funny. Yep. After yeah. and I, I don't feel that bad for him because he gave me so much shit, no sympathy really for all my toe pain for years. Yep. And just mocked me. Uh huh. And now he has a nasty ass toe. Uh huh. He's got skier's toe. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. He's got a bloody toe. Yeah, I think he's gonna lose that toenail. Yeah. I kind of hope he does. A little, little bit of payback. <laughs> do you have a cute squishy for I Valentine's Day? I, I do have a little red one. I have two of them actually. Well, you know, sexy devil. Mm-hmm. A little or... sexy devil and a little uh, sexy Layla. Lo- is she sexy? No, that's probably weird to say that. <laughs> I was just trying to extend that to Layla, but no, she's not sexy. <laughs> a lovely Layla. She's cute. She is so cute. I love her. Okay, well, are you ready to chat with a veteran about his own crazy yeah. story? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm pretty into it. Like, if if we encountered something in our house, do you think you would really have the courage to really try and get rid of it? It depends on what it was. Well, you don't know what it is. That's part of the depends problem. Depends on what it's doing. Okay. How intense the stuff is. Like, where where do you draw the line? Like, between just, like, trying to fix it and just leaving? Uh-huh. Mm, if it's, like, throwing things around the room, like a knife, or, like, if a knife got thrown around, and I'm like, oh, this thing could kill me. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, I've been so sneezy. <laughs> if this thing could kill me, uh, it's, like, it's like doing things, interacting with the physical world in a violent way, mm-hmm. then I might want to, like, bail and try and get, a, like, a somebody to cleanse the house. But, you, but you're not going to try to get rid of it. That's what uh, I'm like. I would, I would come, I, I would just need help because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. I, I would come like with a priest or a spiritualist or whoever. I would like, I would go around the house with them while they do their voodoo mama jumbo and yell at the spirits. That felt disrespectful. <laughs> okay, mumbo jumbo. Well, let's see what. Do their, do their exor- uh, uh, cleansing rituals. I thought you were going to say, do some exercise. Do some exercise. Do your jumping jacks. <laughs> And let's see what happens. I just like have this vision of someone like, oh my gosh, a, a priest in the, in the full <laughs> priest garb doing jumping jacks. Yes, but then also like like exercising exorcism. <laughs> Ooh, like a cardio exorcism. Evil spirits, be gone. Oh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Get <laughs> well, out of this house. And then like burpees, and then drop for burpees. Like, but all... then he gets like caught up on like hmm? his his robe because it's so flowy while he's doing burpees, and then he falls down and he smashes his face and he offers his <laughs> nose blood up to the it's all, spirit. It's all part of the ritual. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay let's let's take this seriously okay. okay dear king and queen of the suck and masters of the scare my cousin turned me on to time suck and now i listen religiously being a complete creeper i had to listen to scare to death it is by far my favorite podcast yes Woo-hoo. you guys knock it out of the park and the uh, banter is amazing that's, that's nice. so nice now let's get to the story The story sounds a little crazy, but it is 100% true. I can't express enough how much of a skeptic I was and still kind of am. To put it bluntly, I listen to stories and I'm like, you're full of shit. I'm a disabled veteran and I was in the army for four years and was medically discharged due to a traumatic brain injury. Because of the symptoms from what from that, I'm not able to live alone, mostly because of seizures. Due to that, when I got out, I stayed at my mom's house for about a year or so in northern Minnesota. My mom had been a police officer, or my mom has been a police officer wow. for over 20 years, and my now wife then girlfriend stayed with us as well, and she was going to school for forensic science. So needless to say, we're all logical and skeptical mm-hmm. people. Also living there was my little brother, who was a senior in high school, and my little sister, who was a freshman. During my time there, my opinion on whether supernatural 
uh, on whether anything supernatural went from it's total bullshit to holy fuck, this shit actually happens. I passed out one night on the couch upstairs after a night of drinking a little too much. <laughs> I woke up to a whisper in my ear, one so close I could feel the breath on my ear. It was the voice of a little girl saying, she's coming, she's coming. Ah. I jumped up, and as I did, I heard small footsteps of someone running down the hall, but I saw absolutely nothing. I ran down the hall to try and catch this random little girl that should most definitely not be in my house. I found nothing. I'm a little freaked out, but I chalked it up to me having a bad dream and the booze making it feel way more real than it should have. But boy, was I wrong. After that stuff, after that stuff started to happen. I had an upstairs office right above my bedroom that was downstairs. I had gotten involved in a church and was taking classes to get my ministry license. I also loved to read, so I had a pretty big collection of books on a shelf. I also received a service dog at a, around this time. At night, I started hearing stuff falling upstairs in my office. My dog would growl, looking at the ceiling. In the morning, I would go up and find books all over the floor. Definitely seemed weird to me, but I just ignored it. This continued happening night after night. Eventually, it started to make me wonder if that little girl was more than a drunken dream. Soon to follow were even more dreams. The same dream every single night. In this dream, I would get up, get out of bed, walk to the door, and look down the hallway towards my brother and sister's rooms. At the end of the hallway would always be the same woman who would be on all fours in a way that was definitely inhuman. This woman had long, dark black hair. Her skin was decaying and almost transparent. She had long fingers and fingernails. Her eyes pitch black. Her teeth looked like someone had filed them to points. Jesus. At first, I would sit in the doorway while this thing sat at the end of the hall, staring at me. I wouldn't be able to move or scream. I was stuck staring right back at her. These dreams progressed, and as they did, she would slowly get closer and closer to me until eventually I was paralyzed in bed while she was in the doorway staring at me. I would try to move and put myself between her and my girlfriend. I would try to scream, but nothing would come out of my mouth. I could not wake my girlfriend or get my dog's attention. I was paralyzed while this crazy-looking bitch stared me down. I thought it was one of two things. One, I needed to go to a psych ward. Or two, <laughs> she was real. Either way, I was freaking out. Then one night, my dog started losing his mind, growling, barking, and somehow sounding mean and terrified at the same time. I ran to find him backed into a corner, his hair on end, just going nuts. He looked like something had backed him into that corner and had him trapped there. I was able to calm him down, and after this, I decided that thing was real. I decided it was time to... I was... I decided it was time to talk to my girlfriend describing the woman in exact detail before I ever had the chance to share the description. For me, this... Comp oh, before I... Sorry, the sentence okay. is weird. I decided it was time to talk to my girlfriend, and, and she described the woman in exact detail before I ever had the chance to share my own mm. description. For me, this Man. completely confirmed that I was not crazy. She then started telling me that she was having dreams. We decided to tell the rest of the family to see if there were any other connections. My mom told me I was being a paranoid idiot and that this wasn't real and I needed to chill out. When I connected with my brother, he interrupted me just like my girlfriend had done. He had seen this lady in the corner of his oh room my God. hanging from the ceiling. He described her exactly as we had also seen her. Our dreams grew collectively worse. She started standing over me in bed while reaching down to touch my arm. The touch turned into a scratch and one scratch turned into many three to be exact, three long lines of scratches on my arm. 
Like I said, I was studying to be a minister. I mm-hmm. called my cousin who was also doing the classes. And then we called my pastor, seeking advice on how to handle this insane situation. My brother and I went through the house reading parts of the Bible that spoke of casting out demons. We did this over and over, and eventually, the dream stopped. I thought we were in the clear. Either this thing left, or doing this had just made me feel safe. My mom thought all of us were either insane, playing a joke on her, or that we were overacting, exaggerating, and being paranoid. Being a police officer, anything bad that happened, she attributed to people, not to the supernatural. One night, though, that all changed. As she left for work, she looked in the rearview mirror of her squad car as she pulled away from the house. She saw the woman standing in the window of my office. She freaked the fuck out. My brother and I did what we had done before, reading Bible verses throughout the house. We assumed the woman had moved on from us trying to attack our mom because she continually said she didn't believe while we put up a fight. A few weeks later, my mom saw her again. This time, she saw the woman outside of our house. This thing was walking down the driveway, leaving our house. What? And we never saw her again. I guess our fight against her had worked. Sincerely, your friends of the Suck and the Scare, Jordan at the Man Up podcast. Oh, thanks, Jordan. That's a cool sounding podcast, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and thanks. And I, I mean, I, I always wonder what, what it's like to hear this all the time. Uh, I know people have different takes on it, of course, but I but I do feel compelled to say thanks for your service. Always. And, and the man, that sacrifice with the injury and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, whew, it's heavy. It's heavy. And uh, yeah, it sounds like a really good dude mm-hmm. going to the ministry now. Sounds like a, a helper. Yeah. Wants to help people. Man, a healer. A healer. And that, uh, man, though, that thing about like, I was thinking of like Freddy Krueger randomly in the okay. middle of that because that was the whole night, Nightmare on Elm Street thing was he, he comes to your dreams. Like oh, that's where he gets you and he yeah. shows up looking as One, he looks. One, two, Freddy's coming, coming for you. Three, four, better, better lock your door. Five, six, grab a crucifix. Oh, yeah. Seven, eight, Don't never stay up late. late. Nine, ten, gonna. Oh shit! I can't remember the last one. Nine, so. ten, let's do it again. <laughs> ah, but it's what's about, the nine, ten? Uh, dang it! Well, now I'm gonna have to look look it up. I got it. Oh, you got it. Okay, yeah. you look it up while um the, the Freddy Krueger. I'm probably Joe's looking too, but <laughs> the Freddy Krueger chant. It's the Freddy Krueger. But anyway, that thing about like you know he's seen it in his dream. Mm-hmm. Then his girlfriend seen it in her dream before he's told her about it, and then their brother is seeing it in his dream. I know that just outside of anything else is so creepy. But then you add the mom at the end, seen in the window, then seen it, you know, outside the house, and and this same figure, that is terrifying. Terrifying. No, thank you. Oh my god, I'm trying to get I got it. it. Oh, thank you, Joe. I just seven eight. Gonna stay up late. Gonna gonna you stay gotta up late. stay up late. Oh, gotta yeah, you don't stay up late. Yes, so you gotta don't sleep. stay up late. And, and then nine ten is never sleep again. Never, never sleep, sleep again. again. That or let's do sense. it again. Let's do it again. More of that. More <laughs> thank of you, that. Joe. Thank you, producer yeah, Joe. Never sleep again. That's right, because that's where he gets you every um, time. Yeek. That was a great. That was a, that was a really good story. The thought of like looking down the hallway. And seeing this black, decaying, creepy, long-fingered lady. Lady creature. Mm-hmm. Looking at you. On all fours in an unnatural way. What is it about that all fours uh, position that immediately creepy. you're like, ah. Oh, my God. That was so funny. That video that ah. you showed me. 
of that what kid video? freaking out his dad. Oh, that was good. It was so funny. <clears throat> it was like I don't know if it was a, a off like a office or if it was their house. I think it was a a place of it work. It was like a place of work. It looked like a school. I thought maybe even or like a church or something. God, it was so. But funny. it was um and I think uh oh I can't remember the the channel but it, it was I think from TikTok but anyone Instagram I follow this channel I think it's like Boozy Betch. B-E-T-C-H. Betches. Boozy Betches. Or it's something like that. And it's a very popular channel. And they just have like really funny random things. And uh, this was a rare like scary one. But yeah, this prank was. And it was so good. They'd set a camera up at the end of a long hallway. Mm-hmm. And then the dad. And it seemed very genuine. It seemed like the dad. Someone, I don't know, around 40-ish. Probably didn't know. Or didn't even know the camera's there. And he's like checking all the rooms in this hallway. Yeah, it's like one hallway and there's four rooms. Yeah, it looked like like a like almost like a, like a junior high or a schoolhouse or something. Right. And he's making sure that there's no one in the rooms. Turning off the lights. Moving down the hallway. But just doing room after room after room. Right. Left, and, right, mm-hmm. left, right. It, and there's about like four little sets of doors down this hallway. And when he gets past the third one before he gets to the last one, <laughs> you see it. It turned out it was this kid, but it is so creepy. He's turning off all the lights. So in the shadows, he did that reverse, that crab walk Uh where you're like um, walking on your hands and feet, but like going backwards. Yeah. So the dad is like here and the kid does it like in the, from this room to this room behind the the dad. Pretty fast too. Yeah. He was really fast. Uh And then you could tell the dad just saw this kid shoot past in the corner of his eye. It was like he just saw something. He was like. Movement. Yeah. It looks like, what the hell? And then, so he walks further down the hallway and he's like a little bit, you know, weirded out. Um, turns off the last two uh, rooms lights and then that kid shoots back across the hall. Just regular running. Yeah, regular running. And now, he, but again, out of his corner, but now he can tell he's jumpy. So now he goes and turns on all the lights to see if like what's going on, can't find anything, starts heading back down the hall and his kid runs out and starts to chase him. And he just like... <laughs> Just runs in pure terror. <laughs> oh, it was such a well done prank. Oh god, it was so good. It made me so happy. I was imagining <laughs> that in a not funny, yeah. very terrifying way when it came to this lady. Yeah. Yee. Do you want to go to Ohio? Yeah, I love oh, Ohio. Ohio's for lovers. Ohio's for lovers. Let's I go. I don't know if you know that, but you know. Um, okay, so this couple, they live like behind, like upstairs behind a bar. By the bar yeah. yeah, like a family owned thing and they're definitely hearing some some stuff. And I think, based on the story, they caught something. Okay. Like, caught confirmation of something. Mm-hmm. Not like, we caught it. It's right. ours now. We own it. Hey, guys. New follower to the podcast and absolutely love it. Huge fan and have also gotten my husband and 11-year-old daughter turned on to it. We've been playing it in the car when we have to go any sort of distance. Oh, fun. My story comes from an old house I lived in back in 2005-2006 in the middle of nowhere, northeast Ohio. I'd recently moved in with my then-boyfriend, and our apartment was the back half of an old house. The front half was a bar, which his mother owned. The house had been renovated, and the staircase to the bar's upstairs loft was right behind our living room wall. It was used for storage, and Mm. rarely anyone ever used those stairs. Gotcha. One night, while I was sitting at home watching TV, I started hearing footsteps on the stairs. I didn't think much of it at the time, but then they continued. Up and down, up and down for most of the night. I asked my boyfriend when he got home from working in the bar why he'd been going upstairs so much that night and his response? I wasn't upstairs at all. Okay, creepy. But Mm -hmm. I moved on. A few nights later, after the bar was closed and no one was there, I started hearing clattering in the bar kitchen. It sounded like cabinets were opening and closing, dishes clanking. I called and asked my boyfriend if anyone was there and he said no. These occurrences continued for quite a while. 
I would always have the feeling that I was being watched when I was home alone, constantly seeing something just out of the corner of my eye, but never catching it. Our doorbell started randomly going off several times in the middle of the night when no one was ever there. After several times of this happening, I noticed that the sound the doorbell made was somehow different. I thought maybe there was a short in a wire, but it was a wireless doorbell set. We were fans of the show Ghost Hunters, and it inspired us one night. My boyfriend and his friends decided to go into the bar after it was closed with voice recorders. I sat listening to the recordings, and what I heard still gives me chills to this day, nearly 20 years later. You can hear them talking and say that they are setting a recorder on the pool table while they go downstairs to investigate. Their voices drift away Mm -hmm. as they leave Mm -hmm. the room, and then silence. And then a few moments later, I could hear the distinctive sound of pool balls clinking together and a deep, breathy, no. They kind of jokingly asked, who keeps ringing Eddie's doorbell? And almost immediately, a friendly, childlike voice piped up and said, Frank! They all said they didn't hear anything when this happened, though. It was only caught on tape. To this day, I have no idea who Frank was, but I did find out that there were more than a few deaths in that building over the years and that my boyfriend's mom had also had some paranormal experiences. One story in particular always stuck with me. She'd been cleaning at the end of the night and put all the bar stools up on the bar. Mm -hmm. She went to the bathroom to clean, and when she came back out, one of the bar stools was back down. Nothing ever seemed malicious, but it was just enough to put me on high alert, oh especially when I was home alone. Melanie. Thanks, Melanie. Melanie. Oh my God. That um that last thing about the bar stool reminded me, um, sometimes they're they're uh, like uh, you know, I'll go to like different like little like ghost story forums to, mm-hmm. you know, see what people are talking about and making claims about, you know, to, to like look for stories. And, uh, and this one I go to a lot, I can't remember that I feel bad. It's, I, have it, I have it bookmarked a bunch of these, so I don't remember like the actual handle, the web address. Sure. I think it's yourghoststories.com or something. But anyway, they had a video section and I've never looked at like the video section before. And there was this compilation of oh, like boy. proof. It freaked me the fuck out. And there was like, I mean, you know, they even said in the video disclaimers, you know, like on their site, they're like, you know, we're not saying all this stuff is true. It could be like hoax, some of it, but it's like a comp, but a lot of them like, Man, it just, they were like very good at that combination uh, of crappy video, but really good CGI. Yeah. Or you're seeing something. Mm-hmm. And some of the ones that would get me would just like, you know, a camera, like they've been having problems in this room and they would just let the camera st- uh, stand there. Oh, yeah. And this one in particular, just things kept shooting around the room in the weirdest ways. And then the camera would like float and then like get knocked down. It was creepy. I mean,. The, the, they either were like the really good at pulling off a hoax or something was going on. And there were so many compilations and there was like weird faces and windows okay, and stuff. Okay, that's enough. Thank you. Hey, yay. I forgot that I have a third story. Oh, you're a liar. I tricked you. <laughs> you said you made a big deal out of having two stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, another good, I, these are yeah, another good one. That I one. remembered that like the, my middle story was a little bit on the shorter side. Mm. And so it's so tough because we have we do have so many short stories or yeah. like, you know, so I'm like, oh, let's let's use some of them. Okay. Uh, okay. So this story, as I'm like reading my recap, I'm like, oh, yeah. These two teenage boys get to spend a weekend home alone, like one, you know, set of parents is out of town. Yeah. They go, you know, best friend's house. They're going to spend the weekend. And they taunt the neighbor. Okay. And Smart. doesn't really go well. Okay. 
and she's witchy. So, like, bad choice. But it made me remember, this is such a silly story. Mm -hmm. My childhood best friend, Beth Lorenz. Okay. She lived, I lived here. We lived on Crenshaw. I lived here. And she lived, like, kitty corner. Like, I could see her house. Okay. And we were together all of the time. And next to Beth lived this family. And they had a son. And he was like, Tony was like, if we were in maybe, like, fifth or sixth grade, he was maybe, like, 20. But to us, he seemed like sure. 25 sure. and it was the 90s and he had like like the 90s hair band like and we thought he was so hot. He was yeah. so cool. Hot Tony. Mm-hmm. And so Beth would come over mm-hmm. and we would go in my bedroom. And, and spy we, on Hot Tony. Oh, it was better than that. So we could like, he would be in his driveway washing his car. Like of course he, he was. Of course he was. Yeah. And he would, uh, we could like peek out through the windows and we could see him. <laughs> so what we would do in such an obnoxious way is we would take turns jumping out Tony! And, and then hide. dropping back down mm-hmm. as if like, and we would just do this over and over for hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm we sure were, Tony loved it. Half the times I don't think Tony could hear us because he also had his music blaring. Okay, yeah. And then in the backyard of Beth's house. The Duran Duran was too loud. Oh my God. Beth had this, she, they had the best tree for tree climbing. It was so great. We would like climb up in there and sit in there for hours, but we could also spy on Tony from there as well. So sometimes he would also get his name called from the tree. It's this fun. poor guy. <laughs> but it like made me think of that immediately when I told the story. I'm like, yeah, like why, like, why do kids harass their neighbors? Uh, just, I don't know, testing testing limits, testing, testing boundaries. I, I used to love harassing neighbors. Who? Okay, give us one neighbor harassment story. Oh, I harassed the hell out of uh, my neighbor, the Emery's, uh, this family that lived next door to my mom uh, and I for a while. Okay. And Paul was about my age. And Paul's, and I would uh, taunt him all the time, like from across the fence. Like what would you do? Um, uh, He, <laughs> this is... This is terrible. This was just to freak him out. But he would, we didn't go to church and his dad was a minister and he was kind of like very like at that age, just like, well, you're going to, like he would say, you're like, going to go to hell. Yep, you're going to go to hell. Sure. And so I would just feel it. I'm like, I know because I worship the devil. <laughs> and then, and then that would like, <laughs> and then he'd be like, be gone, Satan. Like he get all freaked out. And he had this little wooden sword that he would like, he was like, he was a weird kid. Yeah. Sounds and, like it. Yeah. He was uh, homeschool. Uh, not that all homeschoolers are weird, but a lot of them are. And he would um, uh, taunt me with this wooden sword. And like one day, me and uh, Johnny Pottinger, a oh, uh, friend of mine from across the street, were there. And Johnny just like grabbed his sword and ripped it out of his hands and set it against like a little rock and just broke it in half and handed the pieces back to him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he cried and ran in his house. Did you talk to him from the burning bush or is that something that you did to Donna? Burning bush, the roof. Oh, the roof. I pretended to be God from the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And convince her that she was hearing God. Oh, God. So mm-hmm. great. So great. All right. Well, let me tell you about these two boys and what yeah. happened that was not as comical when okay. they harassed okay. the neighbor. Hey, Dan and Lindsay, I hope all is well. I wanted to share a story of mine with you about a very weird and creepy haunting at a condo. In 2009, I was in high school where I met one of my really great friends, Chad. Chad and I had both been playing water polo together when we met and clicked immediately. During the summer, I would stay with him at his parents' condo almost every weekend to play video games and watch movies. One night, we were sharing scary stories when he mentioned that his condo was possibly haunted. He spoke about a woman who lived directly in front of his condo in the same complex. He said that he was certain she's a witch. He said that he would smell weird, rotten smells emanating from her house when he would walk by. And at night, he would hear banging and scratching coming from her house. Hmm. At first, I thought he was trying to scare me until I heard the noises myself that night around 3 a.m. A few months later, it was Halloween night. I was at his condo to stay up and watch our annual Tim Burton marathon. His parents were gone for the weekend, and we were in his room 
when we heard some people talking outside his window. We quietly peeked outside to see the woman greeting five or six other people who were dressed in dark clothing. We could see through her windows that she had a bunch of lit candles on shelves and on the floor of her living room. When she closed the door, she had a pentagram displayed like a Christmas wreath on her front door. We thought nothing of it because, well, it was Halloween. We went back to watching our movies when we heard chanting coming from across the street. Her house was very dark except for the glowing candles. We were busted. We had both been seen watching them from the window. Not long after that, a woman walked out the front door and stared directly up at us. We were both a bit nervous, but being stupid high school kids, my buddy yelled out to her, What the fuck are you freaks doing? The woman then pointed up at us, Uh growled, What? Growled? And ran back inside. We fell back laughing about how crazy she was. About 3 a.m. in the morning, we were up playing video games when his TV started to flicker. There was a storm coming that night, so we thought maybe the electricity in the air was causing the screen to lose power. All of a sudden, the entire complex lost power. Everything was quiet, except for thunder rolling in the distance. We looked outside his window to see that the whole complex was dark, except for the candlelit house of the witch. As we were looking outside, we heard the sound of a chair moving downstairs. We thought maybe his parents had come home early? We opened his bedroom door, and as we stepped into the hallway, we could hear walking around downstairs. I yelled, Who's down there? No response. Then I heard loud banging coming up the first couple of stairs, followed by a huge wave of cold air barreling down the hallway. We slammed his door shut and and shoved a chair under the door handle to lock us in out of fear. We were pacing the room back and forth, panicking when Chad said, Bro, outside. I looked outside to see the witch and her guests lined up in front of her house, looking up at our window, smiling at us. Oh my God. Chad grabbed his phone and called the police. When the police arrived, they found the witch's condo was unlocked and no one was inside. The candles were burnt out and the only thing left was the smell of rot. Aaron. No one there? No one there. I did not expect that at the end. Uh -uh. (laughs) Why would they not be there? Right. They didn't know the cops were called. And really, they technically, they didn't do anything wrong. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't even believe the cops came out. Right, right. I mean, yeah, they just scared them. Our cops would be like, okay. Yeah, well, good luck with those demons. Yeah, like, why? Okay, so you're taunting your neighbor. We're not the Ghostbusters. Right. And your neighbor is staring at your window? Okay. I mm-hmm. guess maybe they said, like, we think there's someone in our house. I'm guessing that's yeah. probably how they got the cops there. But weird, right? Yeah, super weird. So maybe don't put mannequin faces in our windows to scare the neighbors well i don't know that those neighbors behind us are, are witchy but who knows you don't know you don't know one that he's not very friendly i feel like i saw byu like no, that was the people that was the people before them oh yeah that's right that's right we've had a lot of neighbors behind us mm-hmm. that, that house is cursed <laughs> that house is cursed well we don't know if actually that old man that lived there we don't know if he died there i think yeah probably did i mean he was old he was like one of the last surviving people of the chinese death march Remember? The Baton Death March, like World yeah. War II? Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember hearing something about that. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. know which of our neighbors told us that, but yeah. ever since he died, that, that house has not been able to keep a residence for know, more than a couple- I know. It is weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should probably go over there. The rest of the neighborhood has been pretty stable, but then that house is just cycling through people. I know. 
And, are, they, and they always seem weird. They always seem weird. Yeah. It all started with Chuck. Anybody who listens to Dan stand up. <laughs> That's but, on that secret album, though. Oh, but yes. It's on a secret album, and you can't hear it. But <laughs> we had this crazy neighbor that lived behind us, Chuck, that would like just lose his mind over the strangest things, like having our mm-hmm. patio light on, our porch light on. Mm-hmm. And I lost my mind on Chuck. Yeah, it was great. Your dad was super out. proud of you. Mm-hmm. And, then there, and then there was the BYU family. Mm-hmm. And they, then they now quiet, this family. They were quiet and weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, and looked at the kids too much. I thought I thought they had a weird fascination with the kids, creep me out. And then then there was these new people who are just dicks. I know they're so rude. Mm-hmm. Even like the kids have had to go over there because like you know a ball goes over the fence or whatever. They're not friendly. Not friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Hi Do you want to go first or shall I? I'll go first. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank the following Annabelles for supporting uh, Scared to Death on Patreon: Jessica Scott, Sarah Hilton. Melanie M.C. Brerty. Um, Mick Brerty. M- yeah, or, or Mick. Oh, like Mick. Like, you know what? It was, it was the um, M.C. <laughs> there was, it's all caps. All these words are capitalized. So I'm used to seeing the little C. Yeah, Mick Brerty. Not M.C. MC Brerty. Not, not M.C. Brerty. But now, for, please, going forward, be known as M.C. Brerty. Also, that's like your DJ name. Yep. Uh, Megan White. Uh, probably uh, Weidenhammer. 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 Uh, Joseph Salonka. Billy Jones, Benjamin Mueller, Daniel Duran, Tracy Judy, Paige. I wonder how often Tracy Judy gets called like Judy or when you have like a f- last name, it's kind of like your first name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paige, Maggie, Drummerhauser, Alyssa J, uh, Casey, Casey Arma, Armageda, Ber- Bernadette Holmes, Emily Harrington, Jesse Emke, <laughs> Shitty Boomba. It's S C H I D D Y. B-U-M-B-A. There's no way that's a birth name. Shitty Boomba. Shitty Bumba. Shitty Bumba. Shitty Bumba. Uh, Jamie Cohen. Anna Carey. <laughs> uh, Tara Durney. Allison Petroni. Caitlin Frazier. Brian Christensen. Uh, Brooke Delve. And James. One of the names you said, I think last name was like Drooler, which made me think Bueller. Bueller. I, me too. Which Bueller. made me think the what you just told me, this fascinating thing that I did not know about Matthew, Ma- Matthew Broderick, Broderick. How he killed... Two people in I mean, Ireland. Vehicular manslaughter, but yeah. But he still killed them. And <laughs> right. like no one North, ever talks about in that. In Northern Ireland. Yeah. I didn't know about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because you and Kyler thought I was just making up random. I'm like... Which is something you, you do. True. You brought up like Matthew Broderick. I'm like, do you know he's a murderer? Uh, Kyler and I are sitting at the dinner table like, okay, <laughs> sure. No, but there was a weird case that the family was very not happy about many years ago. Driving on the wrong side of the road. Caused an accident. Two people died. Who was he on a date with? Jennifer Gray? He was with Jennifer Gray from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dirty Dancing. And Dirty, well, he wasn't with her in Dirty Dancing, but she's from Dirty Dancing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what people know her from. True. I don't think anybody ever says, like, oh, Jennifer Gray, I loved her in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. True. Okay. I would like to thank the yeah. following Annabelles. Ray Riddle, Bryce Sanborn, Crystal Henson, Derek Johnson, Caitlin Engel, Katie Llewellyn, Tim Ashcraft, Marie Herrera, Sophia Nix, Steffi Daniels, Jackson Collins, Emma Williams, Joanne Villasana, Shaheen Christie, Andrea and Marcuccio Castellazzo. <laughs> K, just the letter K. Okay. Stephanie Freund, Frund, Teresa uh, Coltfelter, Whitney and Tate, Elizabeth Hissong, Sarah Knox, Emily Enbaddy, Tiffany. Kaminskis, Jacqueline Hirsch, Paige Marie, and Jerry Cruz. Okay. Can I do some spooky shout outs? Do some spooky shout outs. I know last week we didn't do them because I got it yeah. all messed mm-hmm. up. I apologize 
Hopefully, I've got it back on track now. Fingers (laughs) crossed. Uh, To Aria Jade, a.k.a. Chucky's girlfriend from Mommy and Daddy Doodle, (laughs) happy birthday. To Harmony from Seth, happy eight-year anniversary to my smoking hot wife. How nice of a husband are you? Nice. Good 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 job, buddy. Good job. To Jess from Brittany, happy B-Day to my BFF. I love you, Snood. To John from Paige, happy B-Day and happy Valentine's Day. Love you. To Jennifer from Mom Kim, from your mom Kim, happy belated B Day to my amazing daughter and friend. And to Debbie from Pickle, happy birthday, Debbie. <laughs> I just want you to know that Pickle emailed me in an ample amount of time, but then when I effed up the uh, shout outs, I missed that one. And so I'm sorry it's late. It's my fault, not Pickle. Not Pickle. Not Pickle. Pickle Nickel. Well, thank you, Smoking Hot Wife. Look at you <laughs> taking a page from his book. Uh, well, that's our show today. Thank you uh, for the ratings and reviews lately. Creeps and peepers, anybody who is giving us those, the continued ratings and reviews greatly help us find new listeners. Uh, so appreciated. Uh, thanks for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror to my story at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. You can email us for everything else info at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. Thanks to Logan Keith and Liz Hernandez for their work on social media, and to Logan again for running badmagicmerch.com. Thanks to Joe Paisley for producing and directing today, Zach Cohen for custom soundbed creation, Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails, and to book editor Drew Atana for helping format the listener stories you hear each week. Uh, thanks to uh, producer Sophie Evans for finding today's first story. Uh, I found my second one. Enjoy your nightmares, creeps, and peepers. Hope you were scared to death. Bye. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through, but have no home here within scared to death. Bad Magic Productions. 